Hey everybody, it is Jason, and I'm flying solo without Joel, so it's just a board game mechanic doing the intro today. Joel will be on the episode later when we talk about our number 10 through number 6 favorite worker placement games. This was going to be the episode where we answered your questions, but after recording, there were some technical difficulties that occurred when we were uploading files and... Long story short, one of the files didn't get uploaded correctly, so we will bring questions to you next week because I know you guys had a pile and we're excited to answer those, so stay tuned for that next week. This week, we did manage to find some audio for our favorite worker placement games, number 10 through 6. We actually looked under like a couch and there was hidden behind a dust bunny. We found this old cassette tape and it managed to have this hidden nugget on it. Or if you saw us go do it on Facebook Live, you may have seen it there, but don't tell anybody we said that. Anyway, that's enough of me talking. Let's get to both of us talking about some of our favorite worker placement games. And next week, we'll be back with a normal episode. Enjoy. All right, Jason, I've got you in first. We're going to do our number 10 to number 6 tonight. And um, we're going to go ahead and just talk about our favorite worker placement games. Uh, Jason, this is basically your top 10 favorite games because you love worker placement so much. Yep, it's not that quite that for me. Jason, I'm going to go ahead and flip over here. You're going to go first. And I'm I'm not going to say a ton about some of these, and it might be because I'm repeating it later. So, uh, Or maybe not. Maybe I just hate the game. So you'll have to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, so Jason, you're up first here. All right. So this is my number 10 favorite worker placement game of all time. And this is a pretty great number 10. I mean, on some people's list, this would probably be higher, but I have in my opinion, better games up higher. Um, so this is Champions of Midgard. It's the game that Lords of Warwick wanted to be that couldn't quite achieve that reality. Um, so your Vikings, you're putting your little Viking dudes on a board to get like some kind of workers, which are dice, so you can go into battle to fight these beasties that are on the board. There's like some... I forget what the names of them are, but there's some undead people that you're fighting. Um, there's like a troll you have to fight to save the city um and then and in the expansion the expansion is really why this is up so high because in the expansion when your dice die you get to you get little tokens to send them to valhalla and then you're going to get be able to turn those tokens in for some special powers and some in-game bonuses and it just makes this game so much fun every time i love it your number 10 pick of lords of Waterdeep is excellent jason um good job no. Not Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, I thought it was Lords of Waterdeep. That's what came across on the Google. <laughs> Champions of Midgard. You, would you put uh, Lords of Waterdeep in your top 20, even? Uh, no, it might be. It's in my top 100, though, for sure. I mean, it's a good game, yeah. but I just prefer Champions of Midgard. Last time I played it, I was amazed at how much I didn't really care for that game uh, too much. Um, but I was also amazed at how really it is different than, than Champions of Midgard, for sure. So, it is, anyway. for sure. Number 10 for Jason is Champions of Midgard. I'm not going to say much else about that because I hate that game and I'm never going to talk about it in this list ever. Yeah, I'm sure. Much like Jason hates this game and we'll never talk about it in his list. Uh, my number 10 was Orléans. Um, so anyway, uh, this game to me, um, if Jason's going to put it, never mind. If other people are going to put it in their top 10 for worker placement games, then I'm going to put it in mine too because... Um, I feel like it is, I'm not positive if it's a worker placement game, but it's, it fits that mechanic as well as anything else, probably. Um, and you're yeah. putting a bunch of workers, sets of workers out. I don't know. It's kind of a different thing. Um, but it's pretty cool. I like the game enough that I'm going to stretch the rules and say it's a worker placement game. Or Leon, uh, bag building, 
done right. Uh, I have not played Altiplano, but based on the videos I've seen of it and people's talking of it, it seems like um, Orleans is like a Plano box and Altiplano is a junk drawer. And some people like a junk drawer just to throw all your bits into and like play a mess. And some people like a very orderly game. And I think that's the big difference between these two. But Orleans, it's going strong with me. I have no... I have some temptation because I always want to buy every game, but I'm not super <laughs> tempted to buy Altiplano. So anyway, Orleone is my next one, whatever you want to call it. It's a good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I, I wonder if you'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. So my number nine. Um, this is a Jamie Stegmeyer game. Stonemeyer game, actually. And this is Euphoria. This is a worker placement game, but the workers are dice. A Jamie so Stonemeyer game. Yes, a Jamie Stonemeyer game. Um, so you're using these dice, you're rolling them. Based on the values, you can put them in cer- certain spaces to do certain things, or sometimes the value means nothing. You just need a, a guy to go to the spot. And then in the new wave of Jamie fashion, he has some spaces where you can get bumped out, and then you get your die back. But if you don't get bumped out, then you have to take a turn to take all of your dice back. And based on the pips on your dice, sometimes you may end up losing a worker because that's just how it works. Your your workers are too smart for their own good, and they run away or whatever. Um, yeah, this is a great game. Uh, it's kind of a sandbox, which is kind of interesting. I don't have a ton of those games where there's really no set goal. You're just doing things to get points. So I, I really dig that, and this is Euphoria, number nine. Yeah, um, this one is definitely one where, like... I think Jamie knew he wanted to do dice placement six, eight years ago. I think he had the foresight to be like, hey, it's really cool that dice are workers and they can be six-sided. I just don't think he quite knew what to do with them yet. And so I think it's cool how the intelligence kind of thing plays plays into the dice. And then sometimes you get better things for having more on your dice. But uh, it feels like, man, I really do still feel like there's – he said the expansion coming out for this is just a more stuff expansion. I really feel like, man, those different cards, like doing something with like set collection and then doing something with the numbers on there on a the little sideboard, like this has got more game to it yet. And I think it's a really excellent game. It's certainly in my top 20 worker placement games. Um, but I feel like there's just, man, I feel like, don't you feel like when you play this game, like it's like you put together a hundred piece puzzle and there's one piece in the middle that's like just kind of missing. I don't know. That's like how I feel when I play it. Like, yeah, I like it a lot though. I mean, Jamie did say it's a more stuff expansion, but he also didn't say anything about my little size. He, he essentially denied it when that. we interviewed yeah. him. Yeah. yeah so, so I don't, I don't believe anything he says about anything now. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so, probably. <laughs> yeah, Euphoria is really cool. Uh, it is a neat theme, too. Like, it's the dystopian thing is kind of cool. Done in a way that they do it, like a pop art deco way, not that grim, all shades of gray way. And then also. Um, most broker placement games are, you know, like feudal Europe, you know, or whatever. And so something right, different yeah. is just always good. So yeah. you're number nine, right? Euphoria? Correct, yes. My number nine. Uh, you got to have one of these games in your top ten, except for you don't. Caverna um, <laughs> uh, is my number nine. Um, Uve, this is the one where, like, I was like, this is good enough. I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to move my way up to a feast for odin uh <laughs> i'm just gonna stop at this level and i think i think it's fine i think it's a perfectly good game uh, i really do like it 
I, re- I seriously, I don't, I don't have any problems with this game uh, that people have about like, uh, I don't know, that the theme has disconnect in it or whatever. Like, I, I think it's a pretty cool game, and I think it plays really differently every time you play it. I think it's fun. The stupid adventuring part of this game is present, but it's not real. I mean, it's kind of silly, um, but it's so powerful that you can't ignore it. So, um, and building the little mines and stuff. It's there's just so much going on in this game that like. It's not it's not hard to survive in this game or feed your people like in Agricola. It's not tight, but it's so expansive that it makes it almost tight because you're like, man, what's the best thing I can do here? Um, and when you play it like two players or even three players, you <laughs> it's certainly possible. It's kind of weird, but it's certainly possible that you'll never compete with the person for anything because he's doing something completely different than you are. And um, I kind of like that, honestly, that it's like, well, let's see whose strategy works better. The guy who builds a ton of farms or the guy who mines a bunch of rubies. So Caverna is my number nine. Um, just a rock solid game. Yeah, I haven't played Caverna, which I know is crazy, but uh, Agricola was my number 11. Spoiler mm. is not on the list. So it was close. Mm. It was close. Jason, why is Orleans on here again? <laughs> All right. So Orleans is, what are number we on? Number eight? Yeah. Is my number eight. Uh, so I debated if this is a worker placement game, but... I looked on BGG, and it is listed as one of the mechanisms. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I love Orleans. Um, this game, it's so fulfilling when you pull those little those little bits out of that bag, and you get you can't ever seem to get the one that you need, and you got to change your, your strategy around and take different routes to do things. Um, yeah, Joel already talked about it. You're putting chits on a, a board to go up some tracks and move around a, a world to get some points, but... Essentially, it is a worker placement because those chits you're pulling out of a bag and placing them on the board. So that's why I kind of think it it counts, and it's my number eight game. It's almost like set placement, but it still counts, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, again, it's BGG said it counted, so yeah. Who who am I to dispute BGG? <laughs> right, that's, that's right. <laughs> uh, for me, my next one's Shakespeare. Um Man, I really am bummed that I haven't played this game any more than I have. Um, this game is just stellar. Like, it's so good. Um, and your wife said it was, and I believe her now. Um, it's just, when you open it up, you're like, okay, there's like 70 cards in here. A bunch of, like, colorless cardboard shits. And then, like, these player boards that aren't really that appealing either. And you're yep. like, how is this going to be good? And it has these stupid candle tracks, and you're like... <laughs> this looks like we're playing as Amish people or something, maybe. I don't know. Like, And I was really skeptical of it, really skeptical of it, but it is just so good. Um, I don't know. I can't even explain why it's good. I think you have to play it. Like, And I don't think anyone's ever been able to explain, hey, why this game's as good as it is. Um, it's just everything goes together so perfectly, and it's so smooth that yeah. the gameplay, the, me- the, me- the mechanics of the game are so good that it just feels good. And... Um, I like how you keep adding more actors who are actually placements for your workers. Um, and then you can do variable, like the number of workers you want to do. So if you want to put a ton of workers out and just don't care if you're the last person to draft a, a card out there, um, cool. My favorite thing in playing this game is when you play it with like brand new players and they only put like two of their pawns in their hand and they're like, all right, I'm going to go first. And then they do like some action on their own board first. You're like, yeah, so dumb. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you got initiative so you could go to that spot that I can't go to at all, but whatever. Yeah, right. So, I mean, but it's a cool game, really cool game. 
Uh, yeah. It's just one that you can't explain why it's cool. It just is. I totally agree. This game gets no love at all. Like I think Z Z Garcia mentioned it on like a top ten list one time. Right. But, man, this game this game's incredible, and that's how good like how many good worker placement games are. Because I don't even think this is in my top twenty. Yeah. So I mean that's crazy. Well, um, I think uh, it was mentioned by the brothers Murph as being their like number five game of all time. Right. And yeah, I that's was true. Like, I was like, that's whoa, true. that's crazy that it's that high for them. I'm like, yeah, but these guys have only played like 20 games. So for them to <laughs> you know, have a very good top 10 list is going to be hard. They're probably right, a little yeah. better than 20 games. But, I mean, they, they're they pretty new to board gaming. But I respect right. their pick on this, man. It's really good. It's definitely – I think it's in my top 20 games overall. So, But anyway, it's my number – what is this, eight? Yep. Good choice. All right. Uncle Vital. <laughs> um, my number seven is Kanban. And so – there may be another retail game on my list later. I'm not going to neither confirm nor deny. But this one is quickly moving up the ranks. This game is amazing. I struggled if this was a worker placement game as well because you're not really placing a worker. You're moving it. It's always on the board and it's just moving around. But in true worker placement fashion, once somebody's on that spot, you can't go there. So BGG said it counted. I say it counts. Um, this game is amazing. You're building car, getting collecting car parts to build some cars, to test drive some cars, get cars in your garage for a pile of points that happened at the end. That's a high-level overview. It's way more deep than that. But, man, if you haven't played this game and you can find a copy of it, do yourself a favor and do it. That's a, big, that's a big if. I mean, this summer it gets a reprint, allegedly. But yeah. I don't think that there were that many copies of this game out there in the wild, honestly. And you and I have two of the six copies that made it to North America. <laughs> so, right. yeah. No, this is a really cool game. Um, I wouldn't have played this one like with a full player count or like at least three players. Um, I've not been able to play it with three yet. I played it with two, and I played a little solo game of it. Um, but man, I really love it. And even just playing it that way, oh, I see the potential for this game maybe to be in my top ten eventually. Um, it's just it's Vidal doing Vidal, man. It's really a good game. And he said it was his favorite design. So I yeah, mean, yeah, that's he good did. enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's, there's a deluxe edition coming out. So if you're one of those people who's like, I gotta have the deluxe edition, wait a year and a half, and it'll be out with Eno Tool, and you'll say goodbye to your $150 by then probably, because board game prices keep going up and up and up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Combine, really solid pick, Jason. All right, Jason, my number. What are we on? Eight, seven. Seven, I think. I don't know. I lost track. Hey, it's Champions of Midgard. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> no, this game's just awesome. Uh, I like the vanilla game. Like I have Valhalla and I'm intentionally not playing it like because I love the vanilla game so much still. Um, and I'm like, man, once I get to the point where the vanilla game is a little like, okay, I get this. I'm going to add Valhalla in because I'll get, I know way more plays out of after I add Valhalla and then I'll buy dark mountain after I get tired of Valhalla. So, I mean like everyone I've talked to says that champions of Midgard vanilla is a seven out of 10 Adding Valhalla makes it like a 9 out of 10. Adding adding the Dark Mountain makes it a 10 out of 10. So this might be higher on my list even yet if um, I had the expansion in there. Um, but I haven't really played with the expansion much, but I just like it the way it is. I like that you're, you're fighting, but you're not fighting each other. Um, I like that there's really good, valuable spots to go a lot of different places. Um, that whole like Agricola type or... More like Lahav, I guess, where like resources can stack up in places, um, and I guess they do that in Agricola too. But um, yeah. 
that whole like things can just pile up and you get like so many resources sometimes. Um, all that stuff I just really love. So um, I just do dig this game a lot. And then rolling dice is fun. Um, and, it, and it doesn't feel like, I don't know, if you, it does feel a little like you're a Viking tribe fighting these big nasties. Um, the only thing that I do complain a little bit about this game is like I'll have the best strategy ever. Everything minimized to like not damage me must have much have the best plan put in place and then i get like ultra kraken oh cool i gotta fight this guy <laughs> and then like someone else is like yeah. i don't really know if i should go fight this guy or not oh good calm seas cool like, so that definitely happens sometimes but if you can't deal with that uh then i guess that's a bummer for you but anyway um a, a cool game though and if you can't just minimize that little bit of luck in there then it's not for you, but the luck I think makes it a little more fun, anyways. I actually didn't. I didn't like this game as much without the expansion. It probably. I don't even think it was in my top fifty. Really? I didn't like that. I could just my dice would die, and I didn't have any repercussion. It was like it made me so mad. But now I I feel like when my dice die, it's not a big deal because I get stuff for them. Like, do you feel like Valhalla is a better expansion or Dark Mountain? Dark Mountains basically just adds another person to fight. It doesn't change the game at all. But Valhalla changes the, like, it completely adds that whole new mechanism of when your dice die, you have something else to do with them. And it includes, like, two more different types of type of die. Right. And a, and a hero die. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But then it has that weird system, that little sideboard, where it feels like you're getting tickets at Chuck E. Cheese, and then you can cash in your tickets for, like, a little, like, thing over there. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's the Valhalla token. <laughs> it, it makes more sense when you're playing. Because, yeah. it, I don't know, it just makes me feel better that, my dice died, but at least I can score some in-game points with them or something. Yeah, I like, I, I like it. I I think uh, I think I may have to crack this out with Valhalla. I think it might be time. So, and the only thing I'm going to complain about with this too is I have Valhalla and base game in my box, and it fits because I have a Plano in there, and it fits just so barely. And when I add Dark Mountain, it's going to be like, nope, sorry, not going to fit. So I, ha I have all three of them in my box. You can do it. Yeah, but I want to keep the Plano in there because I think the Plano oh, makes the setup true. so much faster. Yeah, I don't know. True. We'll see. Um, this might be one where I have to bite the bullet and get one of those um, cost three times as much as the board game organizers. For it, so. <laughs> right, yeah. Jason, what's this game? I don't... What is this? <laughs> well, this is my number six. This is... I think it is my favorite Stonemeyer game, and this is Viticulture. Jamie Stegmeyer and Alan Stone, man. Jamie Stegbeier is a genius, and this game is one of the best worker placement games. Well, clearly not the best, because there's five more that I like better, but this is one of the best worker placement games I've ever played. It's so streamlined. Everything that you need to know is laid out on your player board. The the making of, of the growing the grapes and mixing wines is so fulfilling, even though it shouldn't be, but man, it just makes you feel so good when I turn like two red wines and a white wine into this awesome sparkling wine. Uh so good. I love this game. And if you haven't played Viticulture, you've probably been living in a hole. I recommend you go play Viticulture because it's amazing. I mean, like, I think we were both kind of late to this game, too. I think I played it yeah, for the first right. time in 2017, and I think you played it late was, 2017, maybe. It was when we were at your house, so um, yeah. early 2018. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just, it's a really good game for sure. Um, and it's another one of those that I think this one without the expansion is, it's, See, people out there like say Viticulture without Tuscany isn't good, but that's so far from the truth. Just yeah, base, disagree. base Viticulture, Essential Edition at least, with the Grande workers in there. 
Um, it is, it's a good eight. Um, but if you if you want to add Tuscany, it makes the game a nine or a ten because um, I like that four season board. Like that's if they if they sold an expansion pack that just gave you the four season board and none of the other like kind of almost half gimmicky stuff. Um, I think it would be worth just buying that even too. So that four season right. board though, I think changes it up enough and makes it kind of a little touch better of a game. The other thing too, is it always bugged me when I played this game solo and I didn't have Tuscany and there were like Tuscany actions on there. And I was like, Oh, I guess this guy's not doing anything this turn. Cause I, he, like that. I don't, I don't have Tuscany <laughs> sucker. So I like that. Yeah. It's awesome. So anyway, yeah. T- Tuscany is, uh, I think worth putting in there eventually at some point. But it's perfectly fine without it. Yeah, I played with you the first time with Tuscany, and I don't have Tuscany. I just have regular, and I've played it probably ten times, and it's amazing every time. Yeah. Um, do you think Tuscany makes it better? Uh, I don't think it necessarily makes it better. I think it makes it a little more fiddly and gives you more options. But I think Viticulture, if it never had an expansion, it would still be in my top ten for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the little like painted Mama and Papa meeple, like that's. That's, that's true. That's pretty cool, too. Cool. The special powers, yeah. like the mafioso and stuff like that. Um, yeah, those are cool. But, I mean, like, just the four-season board, I think, is what makes it. The other thing, too, is, like, I guess the reason when people were saying Viticulture by itself isn't amazing is it didn't have the Grande Worker in there in the Essential Edition, and it didn't have the Mama and Papa cards. So, like, everyone had the same player set up to start the game. That variable right, yeah. player players start up with the Mama and the Papa cards, I think it makes it pretty cool, too. That's so, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, I'm surprised that's your only winemaking game that made your list. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know that it's <laughs> true even. Um, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Jason makes wine. I make beer. Um, my number, uh, this is my last game. This is number six. It's crazy. This went by really quick. Um, yep. I think, I feel like we skipped something on there. I don't know. It went really fast. Um, so Brewcrafters is my number six, um, and it's basically it's it's Agricola like um, that looks like Agricola, and it's like green. Um, you have to pay workers, <laughs> and you're building a, like it does have some definite connections to Agricola, but I I just like it better. I think it's more fun. Um, like you're trying to make all these different beers, and it's just kind of fun to like. It's more silly than Agricola because, like, you're playing and like you kind of name your own beers as you play. And like every time I play, I I have to try a different strategy because I'm getting beat a lot lately. Like like Lindsay Grossman, who's not in here tonight, played with me last time I played. For her first play, she beat me by like ten points because she actually <laughs> played it strategically, not like an idiot like I do. So like my strategy <laughs> in this game is I just go for the cheapest natty ice natty ice beers, and and like Keystone Ice and like all these really crappy like low quality beers that I can make. <laughs> And just pump out a ton of it. Like, I mass produce it as best I can. So, like, I guess when you run a craft brewery, you shouldn't try to make cheap beers, the lesson. But um, she made, like, all these different artisanal, like, awesome beers. And, like, she got so many bonuses because she did that and just stopped me. So, um, but you make different types of beers. There's all these different recipes. There's, like, 40 recipes in the bag that any one of them could come out at any time. Um, like that you set up the game. There's like a bunch of different like workers that you can get to come help you. There's like local trade agreements so you can get coffee easier to make coffee based beers and fruit based beers and just so much cool stuff in this game that like, I think I could probably play this game every day for the rest of the year and not repeat what happened in the game before. Um, I'd probably be sick of the game. I mean, cause I'd be sick of any game doing that even with all the variability, but just there is a lot in it. So 
pretty simple game too. I think you can teach it to somebody in maybe 10 minutes and then they're going to have to learn a few rules along the way. Like right. figure out exactly what the different expansions in your brewery do and stuff like that. So that's my number six. Now we did. I checked the list. Did you? I checked my list. Man, yeah. it was so yeah. fast. Yeah. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right, see ya. Well, I hope you enjoyed that old dusty bit of mediocrity that we managed to scrounge up for you in light of our mess ups. So, yeah, um, stay tuned for numbers five through one sometime. Who knows when? It'll be sometime. So just be on the lookout for that. And next week, we'll be back with um, your questions getting answered and a more normal episode. So keep gaming and we'll see you next week. <laughs>